All right, that was a proper United v Leeds game, wasn't it? Tackles flying in, puddles on the pitch, flares in the stands. Enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was excellent. I mean, how often have we said that this not year, often. season? Not often. Like, not often. I'd like enjoyed that. Could we play Leeds every week? I mean, it's, yeah, there is that. Bielsa ball is great <laughs> until it stops working. I think the problem with that Leeds is, ultimately, is they don't have the players good enough to play the way that they want to play. Yeah. Yeah, and it was quite noticeable when the pitch started getting waterlogged that United had the instructions to go a bit direct. I, I, was, like, I was looking at it with my eyes thinking, yeah, probably this is what's happening. I checked the stats and 40% of United's passes were long. So I, 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 While I was watching, I was thinking, hang on, are United going to out-physical a team? Yeah. I haven't seen that in a while as well because I mean, where it was one of those games that it was absolutely essential if we're going to try and uh, win the fourth place trophy. Like they had to win that one, yeah, given yeah. that Spurs, given Spurs and Arsenal won last night, and difficult games coming up and at Europe as well. They had to get a result, and then you start seeing the weather, and I was thinking, oh, don't much fancy these in that. Exactly. But hmm. actually, the the physical power was one reason why United won that game. I mean, obviously That's there's right. a lot else going on, but Pogba played like someone of his stature should always play in yes. the first half. McTominay was is like it's just reminded me of Gdansk McTominay like he liked like he's just gigantic in those situations where yes. the weather makes it physical yes I know I mean he like, he's not as great on the ball as he McTominay but in that kind of game where you want someone who's actually uh, going to match up to Leeds's intensity then then he did I mean it was interesting because Tierney the ref kind of set the tone for the game didn't he there were a few tackles flying in in the first Looks 10 like minutes could have got sent off in that first half he could have done Definitely. and Leeds were putting in tackles and there were no cards coming out in the end there were nine yellow cards and if he'd been consistent throughout the game there'd probably been 20 in a couple of reds but yeah no that's, that's kind of I enjoyed that I I think most of it was fair I don't know second third or fourth tackle he put in the Leeds, fan, Leeds players were surrounding the ref trying to get him the the card weren't it's they? one of those it's just it's just the right side of the gray area yeah. like it's over the line but you sometimes see those tackles it was i guess the one that it was most similar to it wasn't as bad as this one was rudiger in the champions league final right now that one in the champions league final that was a red card i yeah, can't yeah. believe that they saw it clean and thought it was all right but then yeah. saw it with var and thought that was a red card but it was a bit like that but it was just in that area where you could think eh, maybe didn't mean it they're yeah. coming together like you know it wasn't but there's that there's that room for overlap in that it wouldn't be the most bizarre thing ever if if it was all right so yeah. i think that's why he got away with it it leads his second goal i mean we can go through all the details of them but it was kind of interesting you can see Maguire's talking to Juan Pazaka moments before this he's like basically what do you think they're talking about lump it lump it lad was what he was saying you don't think you don't think they're talking about i don't know existentialist philosophy no no pizza who's, who's gonna be the captain I, I, this honestly, week like, i i feel like when i see footballers talking they could be talking about absolutely anything uh if we think they're talking about football but they okay could be talking i am about making the anything. assumption yeah that he's, uh, he's saying yeah, launch this one and he plays the ball into fernandez who gets clattered and uh tierney saw nothing wrong with it at all i mean i thought the fernandez one was again it was it was the just on in the gray right area the line, of yeah. the line where i wouldn't want var to overrule shit like that like i'm happy to see tackles like that like fair not like physical tackles that might be just a foul but aren't dangerous really it's just 
we, I don't. I, I wouldn't want to lose that from the game. I mean, obviously at the no, time, right, I was right. quite keen for the ref to disallow it, but it was it was close. <laughs> it if was he'd given it was a foul. Baller man at the same time. Fine. Yeah, I know it was marginal. It, I mean, there was probably a worse foul on Pogba, wasn't there, in the first half when he, he could maybe should oh, have given. Oh a gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was very little fuss made about that one. But one of the things I feel like the last kind of two months have shown me, I guess, I don't know, is that teams who are as good as United are. Same as Arsenal and Tottenham, that are also around that line, that they, in a way, seem like the teams who are most at the mercy of the officials. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that, and not just officials, rubber the green as well. The reason why I say that is because good teams, if the other team gets the benefit of decisions and the rubber the green, the good teams still beat them. Mm-hmm. And the crap teams still get beat. Yeah. Whereas those teams are sort of kicking about almost good, but not good. Like those little, I wouldn't call it necessarily fortune, but when something intervenes extraneous to the game itself, yeah. Like those little, like United had the Arsenal decisions in those consecutive games against Borough and against yep. Burnley, and then, then they got a decision against Brighton that, yeah. When I saw when I saw the red card live, I thought red card. When I saw it again, I thought, he's a long way from overturn gold. that. Yeah. yeah not in, <laughs> And also, the man's coming over, and yeah. the Langer's finishing is extremely untidy, which I don't think you're allowed to factor in. But you're how not, can you not? How, how do you not factor it in when you're thinking, is he going to score? Well, the, the rest should have an instant XG chart, shouldn't they? Uh, Langer's <laughs> XG from here, like not, but no, not because one. it has to be personal, not general. Like it has to be <laughs> this guy isn't that necessarily good at that. Not the, the, the delta between XG and uh, Alanga's XG. Yeah, no. Have we invented the metric? We, I think we have. Yeah, it's kind of interesting overall game though, wasn't it? So intense from Leeds for what 10, 15 minutes, and then United actually managed to match them physically. Uh, and as as the ball, I mean, it was halftime in particular where it really rained hard. It was so bad at halftime. I was thinking they've actually turned the sprinklers on here to try and get the game <laughs> off, haven't they? But because United had just taken control by that point. But it was it was just kind of you know like two up, couple of really fine goals from United, especially the second one's a great break breakaway. And Sanchez you think, okay, so good. yeah, he's great in those positions. He's a He's a real creator, isn't he? And he, look, he's, he's just so he's so intelligent, and he's got yeah. like a feel for the ball that it's like it reminds you of like those kind of figures you could get as a kid, where the ball would be like stuck to the figure's foot. It's just he's able to keep the ball so close to him, and also when he's running, it's almost under his body. Yeah. So you see, most people when they dribble the ball, the ball they're knocking the ball in front of them with their instep, in front of them with their instep. His legs are almost tucked under his body when he runs, yeah, yeah. so that it's so much harder to get away from him, yeah. and he can he can sort of touch it. He can on the off stride, yes, rather yeah, than yeah. you know when the stride's coming, you know the contact with the ball's coming. Sancho's able because he runs like that. He's got that kind of disguise. Uh, yeah, he is a fucking footballer for for a player who's quick enough, but he's not super quick. But he's yeah, you're right. That that really close control allows him to beat players, and he and he does. And then he's great with the ball in in finding the man in space as well. I think much more of a creative player than a than a winger, as we, we said before. That's the second goal. The first goal was United's first goal from a corner in 140 corners. We certainly helped by Lorente. Like, he absolutely pussies out of that one. He just turns his back. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I liked about it, aside from the delivery, which was good, is that you can see Maguire and Pogba have worked out what they're going to yes. do. They have a conversation. I mean, maybe it's... it wasn't about the game. Maybe... I don't know, maybe it was about hermeneutic, linguistic hermeneutics, I don't know, politics. <laughs> well, it's the three uh, of them together, isn't it? It's, it's Maguire, Pogba and Ronaldo. And they've all but what jobs. Pogba does, Pogba's yeah. run, 
blocks the to, defender to, yeah. to block the defender off yeah. and to keep was yeah like you should get an assist for that that was that was tremendous that was proper Mourinho style Ricardo Carvalho Alex like that kind of yeah almost cheating <laughs> or, or cheating I mean I, I think I'd I'd call that one like almost cheating not that, that wasn't cheating and the block is yeah on the line of it but the, the clusters to beat the man-to-man marking because you don't know which way any of the three they going did in. it it was they did it against Liverpool in 1997 when Palace right. scored those two headers. Yep, they, yep. They, at the cop, they have like they start with four of them. They would all run off in different directions, and it worked in that game twice. And I don't think we ever really saw it again. Weird. Yeah, it's, ha- it's one of the most basic like attacking corner routines that you you typically work on. So I've forgotten the fella's name now. The the set piece coach that we brought in the summer. That, oh, that, he's brilliant. That guy. It's fi- finally but, paid off. But what it said, what I loved about it was there was an article in the Telegraph when he got the job. Yep, and he, they've asked someone what he's good at, and someone said he's absolutely brilliant, like world class at whistling. Right, <laughs> they'd never come across anyone who could whistle as loudly as he could, and as brilliantly, consistently, reliably good at whistling as this guy was. And at the time, you're sort of picturing, like, I don't know, like Omar or someone like struck, but he, yeah, this was what they had to say about him. He's a great whistler, and. <laughs> And apparently, brains, I, think, right? I think the rationale was obviously I've taken the piss, but the rationale was that you know it like really keeps you focused. And at the time, I'm thinking it'll take. I tweeted it at the time. I'm thinking it'll take more than that to focus this lot. Yeah. Loud whistling, but we have seen at last that it's now. I mean, I'm kind of seeing it, thinking I hope they've all got tinnitus, but um, <laughs> it's, it's 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 in there. It's in there now. Well, yeah, hopefully. I mean, look, it's a basic routine and it's a good header for Maguire and he should be getting more of those. For, for a fellow with a reputation for scoring with his head, he really hasn't got a very good scoring record. But imagine like, the neck power and physical strength it takes to schlep that Swede around with you everywhere you go. Yep. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably fatigue. But, I mean, that is what's interesting that we say about Maguire because I feel like one of the things Maguire suffers for, and he doesn't... Ju- I mean... In the end, he he owns it, has to own his own performances. But yep. he sort of developed this PR. It's not really his fault. As I mean, I, I'm kind of joking a little bit when I say as Steve Bruce with the first touch, that he was like a dominant centre back, but also one who bring the ball out and pass it nicely. And yep. he can bring the ball out and pass it nicely, but he's not a dominant centre back. No, he's like, not. He doesn't. There aren't those games that you would see Steve Bruce have or Rio Ferdinand have before Vidic came even. Yep. Where you felt like you won the game because he was there. Like you, I yeah. think we spoke about this. Like when you're seeing out a tight one, he isn't that, and he isn't the guy that scores towering headers from corners. Either. No, for, for all the but reputation, he just did it once for England, and people decided that was what they wanted him to be. It, it was interesting. He had that reputation before he came to United, and I dug through his however many hundred games he played for Leicester and Hull and Sheffield United, and he scored about three goals. <laughs> and like one, one of them was with a header and I was like, hmm, okay, he might not be what people are saying. Anyway, at least he didn't screw up today, which was an improvement. After all at least the, he didn't uh, screw up. And that Benning over here. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I bring it out every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did think uh, there were videos, I, this is uh, an adjacent, <laughs> there were videos of uh, wheelie bins floating around England because of the winds this week. Uh, and I didn't half think of uh, American beauty. Sometimes <laughs> there's so much beauty in the world, I can hardly take it. <laughs> yeah, that's a Maguire header, right? <laughs> so our he, window, our loft window ended up on our flat roof beneath oh, it. Nice. Like the, whole, the whole frame and glass blew out. Just came out. Nice. Just the whole, the, whole, the whole thing blew off. It's like, oh, this wind is for real. Because obviously, we live in, in the UK, in England, especially in London, 
kind of feel like insulated from the worst of that yeah. weather, really, because London generally doesn't get the worst of anything. So when you hear it's a bit windy, you think, yeah, yeah, whatever. But it was actually, there was some wind. There, there was. was. So anyway, that's first goal. Second goal, just beautiful breakaway, wasn't it? And from, So what, nice to see the centre-backs coming forward. What, what happened to Lindelof? Because normally he has a stroke if he goes over halfway. <laughs> Uh, and uh, he just Baresi-esque stormed forward with a ball. Uh, and he creates all the space. Uh, I did, uh, Lorente was at fault for that as well. Watch him if you get a chance <laughs> to look at the replay. He's going the opposite way. I'm like, aren't you the centre-back? As Lindelof strides past him to to create the space. And then United had the extra man and, and the delivery was great for Fernandez to nod it in. And then what happens like after half time, what what are they putting in the tea at half time or whatever they're having? Yeah. Slices of orange. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm obviously not inclined to be forgiving when I analyse this. But if I was, I would say that the go- like Leeds just started quickly. They got the ball, yep. and then the first goal was a fluke, and the second yep. one was a good goal. First goal was a fluke, and and I don't really blame Dave that much. I mean, he's always rooted to his line. So this time he's actually anticipated a cross. (laughs) Gary Neville thought he should have saved it. I don't think that his... I didn't have a problem with his positioning. I wondered if he could have stopped it going in the net once he kind of lost the trajectory, if he was actually in a good enough position to make the save. But I guess if it beat him, he probably wasn't. But Gary Neville thought it was his fault. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Neville has a particular angle when it comes to United. It's amazing his attempts at creating balance normally normally go the opposite way. So I don't know. Anyway, it was it was something of a something of a fluke. And but then what what is it? It's like twenty seconds later, and uh, if you look at the second goal, I mean, not only is it Juan Pesaka with the soft pass, the the hospital pass to Bruno, then there are five players between Rafina. And and Dan James, five United players, and six if you keep the goal count the goalkeeper. One of them has got to attack that ball, surely. Yeah, I mean, well, it was a classic Luke Shaw fall asleep at the back post. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like we've seen we've seen that a lot. It's not as easy to kind of deal with it in that getting the ball out from that position is difficult. But he wasn't in a position to get the ball out because he had he had he had already gone to sleep, which happens but, a lot with Luke Shaw. Yeah, but like I mean, he played, so much he, he could, played well, Luke Shaw. I thought uh, that aside, the goal, the goal for which he was responsible aside, <laughs> I, I, I thought he had I thought he had a good game. Apart from the defending bit of being a defender, um, it's unfair, of course, because fullbacks do much more than that. I mean, these days. when it went in, I wasn't totally displeased because I felt like once it went in, then United had to go and get another goal. Yeah. And I felt that they'd be good for another couple of goals in the second half anyway. Whereas the longer it stays at 2-1, the more nervous it gets, the more this, this particular group of players get nervous. They sit back sure. and then we see them try and see out 2-1. I didn't really want that. Although, so at least by, at least by conceding that goal, it meant they then had to go out. And it also sort of meant that they couldn't concede that goal a bit later on when there'd be less time to resolve it. It felt like at least they've thrown it away early so that there's now a good 40 minutes for them to go and retrieve this situation. Because they've when, got time when, to actually stop panicking and think about it and think about how absolutely humiliating it's going to be if they do this again. There's been a lot of commentary about United's mental toughness and the this team, this group of players, being one of the weakest in the league at reacting to adversity. And that, that seems to have 
borne out this season. I, I'm not sure that was really true under Ollie because of all those those comebacks. Well, it's a different kind of weakness because the fact that they couldn't start games and properly until they were behind, until they had a bollocking yes. at half time, is is weak. Like one yes, of the things yes. that is significant, I think, of mental strength and fortitude is being able to turn it up week after week after week after week. If you look at those players, like. The ones that particularly spring to mind are like a lot of Fergie's players who just like won for a decade, two decades, yep. some of them, and turning up for like Bolton at home and Charlton at home, those games that you always win, is it requires something. The other team is Mourinho's Chelsea, where the one of the reasons his management worked with both the Chelsea and the Inter was because he happened to encounter the people who were mad, mad in the same way that he was, who yep. who were able who were able to do that. And United's inability, like you could say that. They showed like composure in like in turning those games round, but going behind all the time like that is a, also a sign of weakness. I think. Yes. Well, today after Leeds pegging it back to to two two, I have to say I didn't have a lot of confidence in United to get back into that one. But the change made a difference, didn't it? I mean, Fred came on. You, He's you made good for... changes in the last few games. He's yeah. You want you want him to be more proactive as well, and I think the first few games he was in charge, he he wasn't that for sure but like I guess Pogba's not had he's had a few games back but he was out for a long time they're looking at the sports science and the fitness I mean Pogba had a good game and a game on Wednesday court. yeah and there's the game on Wednesday it's Wednesday isn't it Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday, it's Wednesday. yeah so that's a big game obviously they want to protect Varane as well Cristiano came off late well very late so he's had a full 90 basically but yeah Fred's Fred came in and I don't, I don't know what's what he's caught this season but he's got a few now hasn't he uh, he, and it's a lovely breakaway and absolutely lashed it in. Yeah, and I mean, the the, the thing, the, the, the weight of what I really liked about that goal was the weight of passes by both of them yeah. to get into that position. Again, like so maybe. Sancho played the final ball, I think, was it? To break, yeah, yeah, he played the yeah. final ball, but the, the pass that was played to spread it just was, was nice as well, the weight on it. And that enabled them to do all the stuff that they did. And yeah, that was that was an excellent change. And. Same with bringing on Varane, also a good change, which is what he didn't do against Villa. So he then did it against, was it Brentford? And did it again today where, yeah, you know that your defenders aren't that good and you can't necessarily rely on them to see out one goal. So get another one on because also the team will sit back naturally. Yes, yes. Well, today, Ronaldo jogged off. He's got a particularly old man look about him when he's jogging Ronaldo. He's all right when he's, he tries to sprint, but when he's when he's kind of hobbling around, you're like, hmm. He's funny Ronaldo, isn't it? Because... I think he still thinks he's the best player in the world. Yeah, well, clearly he does, yeah. And he pl- and, which is funny, and I wouldn't actually mind it in terms of mentality, it's not unhelpful, but he in turn he it actually hinders his play, I think. Because he still thinks he's that good, he tries to play in a way that doesn't particularly suit what he's about now. I th- I mean, absolutely we yeah, we we talked about it before, yeah. didn't we? He he's he, you look at his touch map even today, it's all over the pitch. And that's not what United need from him, really. And I don't think it helps him particularly. But uh, yeah, anyway, he jogged off for Rafa Varane. He didn't have a tantrum this time, which was good because he did against what? Who was it against? I think it was Brentford when he came off and had the sulk. And he had to get bring off one of the younger players, he said inspirationally. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, and the fourth goal, I think, comes after that, doesn't it? Actually, as, they were, as they were moving the ball for that goal, I texted my dad saying do i detect some composure yeah as it like there was like a little period just before it where they move the ball around without doing anything risky whilst also getting into a dangerous area where they yep. where another goal was possible if they decided to attempt to keep pass like a, a killer ball or whatever and it was just 
yeah, it was, uh, sometimes it reminded me of, um, when my daughter was really young, uh, I turned up at synagogue and I said to her, mate, I feel weird and I'm not sure what it is. And I just don't feel myself. And then sat there and I thought about it for a bit and I was like, it's cause I'm not tired. And I'd totally forgotten what it feels like to not be tired. <laughs> and I didn't recognise the feeling, but I've now like reached parents are nodding along. Yeah, had like a lot had a proper sleep last night for the first time in months and I now feel normal. And it's that. And yeah, that was watching United just knock the ball about a little bit. It's just like why am I why am I recognising something here? Because it seems quite normal for a game of football, but actually there hasn't been a lot of composure in the close games. Like when they no, tried to they, see out Bradford, when they tried to see out Villa, there wasn't any composure. Thought they thought they did it well today. Yeah, they did agree. And I mean, Alanga, who scored the fourth goal pass from Bruno, could have scored a, a little bit before that, and he didn't have the composure on that occasion. I think it was Sancho who found him uh, with the overload, and he's yeah gone felt for him at that point because it's like if we if we mess it up from here and you yeah, did that, looking you, at him. yeah, that was you'll you'll remember that. Interesting that he came on and Rashford didn't, which might say something about where Rashford's at at the moment. And the team um, we might see on Wednesday. Team we might see on Wednesday, yeah, we'll see about that one. I don't think Cavani was on the bench again, was he? So he's a hilarious character, problem. Cavani. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was at the boxing. Him, he, was at the boxing he, hardly, he was at the boxing last was he? night, which is funny. Like, obviously, he doesn't have to. It's just it's funny when you see it, and obviously you see people frothing about it on the internet, and you think it's like. He's not fit enough to be a professional athlete. Does that mean he, because he plays for your favourite team, he has to sit in his yard? Yeah, yeah. He can't. He can't go and support his mate who's boxing an Argentinian, a Uruguayan. I mean, who was boxing? I think that was what it was. Was it? Was that the same fight that Phil Foden, Phil Foden's mum, was at? I don't know if that was new footage. I did see that, but someone underneath it, that one of the wise men of Twitter, had pointed out that there was no neck tap. Foden's mum's got a got a right hook on her anyway, <laughs> which I didn't know. Anyway, look, this is great. I, I would have loved to have been in the away end for this one. Flares going off, arms and legs all over the place. I think it's one of the grounds where United get a really good allocation because of the, the nature of the segregation and stuff. So there's probably, you know, it's a good few thousand there. The Anthony Alanga song was out again, which is uh, one of those catchy ones that which, which is uh, taken up really quickly and everyone had a a great time because I have to say I've been to Ellen Road quite a few times and it's mostly horrible so it's great <laughs> it's great to get a win yeah yeah it's funny watching Daniel James as well because he's one of those people you sort of I mean I sort of forget played for United and yeah he scored two the other week I was like what's happened well that's the thing with like he's was capable of sometimes occasionally doing something good and I he's was someone I wouldn't necessarily have minded seeing a little bit more of with some see but he, he didn't look like he was going to get to United quality. And I found that like they were sort of picking him too often <laughs> for my liking. He reminds yep. me, I was kind of thinking, what does he remind me of? And I realised it's the the grey, uh, it's the hair in a greyhound race. That, is, <laughs> that <laughs> yes. was bothering me. And that that was what it is. Um, and the other thing <laughs> we should talk about is uh, Bruno. Yep. Who, there are people, like sentient beings, who could type words with their fingers who think that he somehow should have like a weak point for United or shouldn't be in the team. I'm, I'm not going to name anyone because it's unfair. You can go find them. But there are some uh, loud voices on the internet who believe this to be true. And and somehow his form has been awful. Even if his performance levels aren't the same as they were last season, and they probably aren't, 
like his numbers are insane still like anything creative that happens for united happens through even him. today the goals like, he didn't make the goals the ones that he didn't make he was he played the pass before the pass yeah and that he the pre-assist <laughs> it's a, hor- a horrible term. Yeah, it was. It, I think coined for Alexander Kleb. Like when he had that one good season at Arsenal, his numbers were crap, and so people felt that there needed to be. Like, so he was then became the pass before the pass. He was the first person that I remember hearing it used of. So I had to try and find a, a reason to say that he was good. And he, but the thing with Bruno is like the there's first of all the shift he put in today, but also yep. against Brighton was. And abs- like he, ra- I haven't seen, I I haven't seen the numbers, but he absolutely ran himself into the ground against Brighton, and yep. almost all the good stuff, almost all the good stuff is him, and he's starting to play well again now because I feel like he's not ca- he's not exactly carrying the team in the same way because the team's doing a bit more a bit more work itself, that yeah. they're a bit better organised now, and he yeah he looks like someone. I mean, I worry because he plays all the all, all minutes of all the games, but yes, and we've seen drop off from him in late in the season in the past. And we're in a position where we need to, of... yeah, we're in a position where we do need him in every in every game. But yeah. he is uh, he's starting he's starting to play again. I thought he played really well today. Him and McTee both played really well. I think that the, the formation shift. I mean, it's subtle, isn't it? But it's much more of a four three three with with Pogba in there and Bruno's dropping a little deeper and Sancho gets close to. Ronaldo and I, I do think that ha- helps him with options Sancho in there making the he finds the half spaces in a way that Rashford doesn't because he's sort of two example. players in one Sancho he's also he's yeah. also midfield he's also a midfield player really like he yeah can, yeah can no see I think that helps Bruno a lot there's just an extra pass there's a there's someone in one of the passes. Rashford's more of a fine. Rashford's more someone who you want who will either score the goal or make the assist but he's not as involved in the play, whereas with Sancho, it's like having another midfield player. I think I think that I said last week it's one of the reasons we see him on the left, and the reason why I raise that isn't just to quote myself like some kind of weirdo, but it's because that's one of the reasons. I think what we saw today is that how much he prefers Sancho on the left, Rangnick, because he played Lingard yeah. on the right, and Lingard is not a yeah. right winger, and no. that's of all the attacking positions he could play, that's the one. I'd probably least like to see him in least because he's quick, but he's not going to go on the outside and put a cross in and you want him yeah. close to the goal. So I wondered if that was the reason why we're seeing Rashford on the right is basically the manager saying, well, I think he's better than you. So I'm going to, yeah. with Sancho, and he's, he's going to play in his proper position. And yeah. Or if there was a tactical reason. And I feel now we could probably say it's that. It's the fact that he thinks Sancho is so much better on the left than the right that the other bloke can go and play in the position that they don't want to play really. Because having it, Sancho exactly. on the left the, is so important. It's, it's the balance of trade-offs, isn't it? The irony being, we said this last time out, that United are going to need a right-winger in the summer. As well as a couple of defenders <laughs> and holding yeah. midfielder and all the rest <laughs> yeah. of it. And the 12 players are out of contract. So, yeah, b- busy summer ahead. Anyway, anything else about Leeds that caught your attention? One of the things I, I thought about at the end of that game was, um, if anyone, I'm sure some people, saw the uh, Arsenal-Wolves game, the one that Arsenal yep. won one nil with after te- with down to ten men, and it felt like watching the game, people were taking the piss out of the way they celebrated, and I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, I mean, but like, but, but it felt like the players probably thought that winning that game was a big deal for them, and so even yeah. if it is ridiculous to celebrate beating Wolves, who were crap that day, one nil with ten men in that manner, Wolves like never didn't create anything really. Uh, in the last 20 of that game and you never really felt like they were gonna so watching that as someone who had a vested interest in the result 
I didn't really think that Wolves were ever going to do anything, even when they had the man up. Um, for the players, they obviously were nervous. And the way that they celebrated felt like maybe that would be some kind of staging post for them as a team, something that they'll look back on and think like that was a key moment in the development of them as a team, like the knowledge or the getting the confidence that they can win those kind of games. And I guess I'm kind of hoping that for United as well, because they had to dig in against Brighton to win, and they did, and they came yeah. back in that one. And this one, actually, dodgy 10 minutes at the beginning, and dodgy 64 seconds or whatever it was after half time. But other than that, like they could have won that game by four or five goals. I was speaking to Wayne in midweek, and Leeds just playing a fashion that just suits United, which like open, I much prefer United in these open games than than against teams who are prepared to play with a low block and break. Just, just yeah, because the, the team with the best attackers, you you should, well, win. not even the best yeah. attackers, just the best players. Yeah, the team with the best players should win. If you want to give players like that that amount of space, because to hate as my as my grandma would say. <laughs> I actually enjoy Leeds being in the Premier League because they're they're entertaining every week. Uh, but he he never switches it up. You know, it, it feels like he it, might have run out of ideas a little bit. It, it does feel a little bit. I mean, Bielsa burnout's a thing, isn't it? So it, it's it, but it's just beyond that. You need like when you come up, you've got the confidence of a team that just won the league. So they're used to winning. They yep. know each other's. They know actually. They know they know what their plan is. They, they know how to play, and the other teams don't know what to expect. And then once you lose that. You need to keep you need to keep developing, and even so, it can sometimes just be signed better players. But for whatever reason, Leeds aren't better this year than they were last year. They they've been unlucky with Calvin Phillips being out for so long, and he is important. and Bamford and Bamford, yeah, and they're both important players for, for yeah. Leeds. There was one shot during the game today. I don't know if anyone noticed this, where they just the the ball's out of place. Someone was hurt, and for some reason they just focus on Calvin Phillips, and he's just sitting there chewing gum, and. It's long enough for it to like almost get quite hypnotic, but they're just the camera is just zoomed in and we're just sitting there like with our Sky subscriptions. What that we paid forty quid for, watching Calvin Phillips chew gum while someone might have been writhing in agony on the floor, and we're just totally missing it. <laughs> yes. Very odd. Yes, I remember that shot. So he's a big miss for Leeds, and they probably should have checked the thirty million they spent on Dan James, uh, Adam midfielder in the summer, because they played you at Dallas in there a whole bunch of games. Who's you know, this is a footballer, but uh, I think different positions for Northern Ireland, Stuart Dallas yeah, or something. Just, he but, played a left back and right back today. He's played in centre of defence and centre of midfield. I think he's played almost every position bar striker and goalkeeper. Yeah, Johnny Carey played every position for United, I right. think, including in goal. <laughs> forties and, and late fifties, early late forties, early fifties. Yeah. How many but, positions um, did John O'Shea play? I mean, because he played in goal as well. Yeah, he did. Um, third man run and chipping the Arsenal keeper, you know, all of that. Still the greatest game of the Premier League era, oh. I would say. The greatest league game I've ever been to. So that that league game and the Champions League semi final against Arsenal at the Emirates League Classics. I used to wonder when he was at his peak talking about different positions, how many different positions Wayne Rooney would get in the United team in. So and the only other player I can really think of who I felt was a bit, a bit like that was Steven Gerrard, who couldn't play in his position, but could play brilliantly in almost every other position on the pitch. Like either of those two would have been the best right back of all time, yeah. I think. Yeah. And Ro- Rooney can also play in could also play in goal. Apparently it's brilliant in goal. Right. Have you seen the film? I've been away in midweek because obviously he's got his book out, and I was like, I've got to catch this film, and I still haven't seen it. I saw all the interviews and stuff, which I, th- I thought Wayne did himself a lot of credit with the detail and the candor and some. Comes across really well. It was good. I, I enjoyed it actually. Yeah. I, like, it's one of those things where because it's something that you love, you're thinking I could watch about another six hours of that. Yeah, 
Uh, I but definitely catch it, and and I'm interested in my kind of relationship with Rooney. Obviously, I've I've never met him. I have no relationship with Rooney. I mean, my sort of mental relationship with Rooney because he stayed at United five years too long, and that kind of really clouded how I saw him. But I think he's a smart guy, much smarter than he's given credit for. Looks like he's building a a, a really good coaching career. Derby won again, didn't they? There. They did. Ravel Morrison played as well. Mega an assist. Yep. They're only five points away from escaping from relegation. Given their form and the amount of points they're, they're collecting, they probably will escape relegation until the Football League docks them another <laughs> bunch of points for not paying off all the creditors. What I loved about Rune in the film is is just the confidence. Fergie had it as well, the confidence that you're, yeah. you're going to win. So he talks about the first time he trained with Everton as a, whatever old he was, 14, 15, he thought he's like, I was the best player there. I was the best player at the club at that age. And all the other players knew it as well. And he's like, right, what are you going to do about this? And then he said he felt the same when he went to England. And when he was there at Euro 2004, he thought he was the best player in the world. Yep. And yeah, he he was. And I guess in some ways he he never quite got back to that Euro 2004 thing. But he was obviously still... An amazing player, and the reason he he would be remembered very differently if he just hadn't had those two injuries when he got them, where he was about to do something spectacular both times. For sure, he, he, he got where he was, and he was basically doing it on his on his bill. He got he got injured, but yeah, I really like what the thing that really sticks out. Rooney is this is the drive, and he's not he's not a ponce. He's not no. he's not worried about himself. He he yep. put himself in a position by doing the film where he's going to have to answer some questions and. Be yes. honest, yeah. and it's very, it's very disarming that that level of honesty and the to, to basically decide, yeah, like saying that you're owning your shit and owning it, trying to trying to get better. There's a lot of mental strength in, in in talking publicly, which footballers don't like to do because they're lampooned for it, and they want to present an image of 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 a certain kind for sponsors and all that. There's a lot of strength in in owning up to his fitness issues and his drinking and his bouts of depression and all of that. I thought that was great. We'll see where he goes as a manager. Maybe we'll see him back at Old Trafford one day. That that would be that would be an Edward Wood signing, wouldn't well, it's, it? It's just well, I don't. I, yeah, it's weird that, isn't it? Because you f- it feels like because we had an ex-player and it didn't work well enough, that would put you off having another ex-player. But if the other if the, the, the the other ex-player is the right person, then then you shouldn't do that. And so just because yeah. just because all they do, I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying that Rune should get the job at any point. I don't know. We don't know if he's good. And we talked about it last week. Whether it's just. The fact that he's Wayne Rooney, like the power of a well done from him, allied with siege yep. mentality that he hasn't even had to do anything to create and determination. Yes. If it's just that, or if there's more going on, like coaching, man management, tactics, we don't know. But if it turns out that all that stuff's going on to a high level, then I'd love Wayne Rooney to be United manager. And I wouldn't say that he shouldn't do it because it didn't work as well as we wanted it to do with Ole if, if he happens to be the right guy. But yeah, I mean, I, at the same time, I kind of it's weird because I'm now watching Villa, thinking, sort of want Stephen to do well, so that I can enjoy him, t- oh. so that so that we can enjoy him taking over from Klopp and watch and, and laughing as as that goes tits. <laughs> I let's hope, let's hope so. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting quandary, isn't it? Because on which point I, I don't want to, I don't I don't <laughs> want Stephen Gerrard to do well at anything in life. I watched Rangers in midweek, but and they were brilliant. The best I've ever right. seen Rangers oh, play. Much better. Than- one at Dortmund. Yeah. 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 But I, yeah. Uh, interesting. There was a crisis meeting at Dortmund after that. So I'll bet the shame. 
<laughs> yeah, Marcus Rosa might not have much time left. There are more results like that. But anyway, I, I hear what you're saying. I'd like Gerard to do well enough to, to royally screw it up at Anfield. Is, that is true. Why does he wear school uniform? <laughs> why? And it is a sort of a Rangers thing, but he's still doing it where you wear like the, the jacket, the V-neck and the tie. Like you're... Yeah. Like a nerd at a, pri- like a, 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 a posh school, like exactly frat boy. But and but he's still doing. Why? Why does he do that? Like, why would you not just? You could take your jump off. You not wear a tie, like something. But that combination is very unedifying, especially when it's you're like ridicule. giving staring out seventy thousand people for yeah for, for yeah. I don't know, like yeah. some exhibition style. He won the staring contest, but lost the boxing <laughs> match in that one, didn't he? All righty. Well, we got Atletico Madrid in midweek, so we could, should probably talk about that. Interesting. They got their first clean sheet of the season in La Liga yesterday in beating Osasuna. Just in time. You know the night. coup. I literally, yeah. Like, it's happened so often that you see, especially when United were good, the teams would just find the performance the one that always sticks in my mind is uh, Madrid in 2000. And this is also partly Fergie's fault that he basically sent them out there to play because he was so obsessed with the history of it all. Sent them yep. out there to play Di Stefano and Pushkas. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the game, it was how many United going to win by in Spain. And then Madrid found a performance and were excellent in the first leg. There was a draw. And you can just sort of see like it's not, it's not like when you draw a shit team. It's when you draw a team that you know performance in there somewhere. And and they do have a performance in there somewhere. You don't know what... I mean, they got well beaten by Barcelona. They got beaten by Athletic. They got beaten by Real Sociedad. <laughs> the crazy game against Hitafe with all the goals and the red card and stuff. They lost at Levante, who are dreadful. So, it, yeah, I don't know what Atletico are going to turn up for this one. They have been losing a lot of goals, which is not normal for the Simeone side. You know, this is a side that won La Liga last season and have like absolutely nowhere near it this season. Um, let's pick what kind of performance we're going to get from them. It's in it's in Madrid, isn't it? The first leg, uh, and uh, I think there's full crowds in Spain at the Wanda moment. Wanda Metropolitano, so. yeah, yeah. It sort of sounds like a porn film, now, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it does, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <No> comment. <laughs> <laughs> what I've heard people say, they sometimes sound like. I I have some anecdotes. When I founded my business in the early 2000s, uh, marketing business, uh, one of my clients was a porn company. Uh, I'm not going to give all the details, but the pitch meeting for that to win that business was very interesting <laughs> in the editing suite. Uh, those ones where you're trying to present and you're rather distracted. Anyway, we're going off on the okay, tangent. Give, I, I've got one too. I've got one too. Go on, go was, on. Uh, there was a kid who lived around my way, went to my school, who it apparently in later life, he had a job at, um, I think it was TVX. I think he was some kind of editor at TVX. For those right. of you who are old enough to have had cable TV, sort of in the mid-90s, when it was very early on, where at 10 to 12 every night or at midnight every night, you got 10 minutes of free, whatever, bongo, where like the <laughs> the, the shows like um, Annie Go Lightly was one, uh, Nasty and Muttley, uh, and Super Dick. That was, a, that, was, nice. that was another one. But this guy, the reason why I'm, why I'm saying this is this guy... It was his job to turn it off. Right. So when the free terminus ended, that was his job. 
was to turn it off, which sounded at the time when I was sort of 15, like one of the greatest jobs in the world. <laughs> There's, so I've been to quite a few uh, network operation centers. We're really going down a rabbit hole of, of broadcasting <laughs> media industry here. And um, the ones where there are sort of still linear TV and it's a package of stuff and they still have the porno channel, they, they have people monitoring those and they tend to like put them in a separate room. You know, the people monitoring the bongo <laughs> and and there are, there is there is a job at broadcasters watching that all the time to check the feeds running all right so there you go <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yeah in your own little cubicle that must lead to some serious rsi claims uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, oh uh, you can get you can get even darker because there are people who have to do their ISPs um, for all the nasty stuff that happens on the internet as well. Come for United, stay for the bongo. <laughs> stay for the bongo chat. Yeah, uh, we're getting into our areas of real expertise here. Athletic Madrid, anyway. <laughs> yeah, talking of an area of no expertise. <laughs> yeah, United uh, should win this tie. Um, I think that we are seeing improvements. They haven't come as quickly or been as significant as we were hoping, but this is a much better team than the one that got bad by Watford. And what a thing to say that is. <laughs> yeah, we've got Watford coming up soon, haven't we? So I don't think this team this team is as good as Ole's team when it was at its best, but they're, they're at a point now where you can see how they might become better than yeah. an Ole team is be- than, than the best of Ole. Feels like the the Ragnik game plan and system is is forming something to what he would have wanted. We've seen Sancho play well in almost every game in the last four four or five now, and that's a massive difference because I wasn't sure about it before we signed him, but I think we can now say that he is a better player than Rashford is all round. Yeah, that, that doesn't that doesn't feel good. Like there was like a, a level of explosiveness that Rashford has. Yes, that he doesn't have, but overall. He's going to score and make more goals, and definitely yeah. be more useful in general play. And that is having that is a massive is a massive thing. But if we could get Rashford firing as well, then yeah, options. Yeah, you're starting to see a, de- a decent team there. So I think there's no reason why we can't beat Atletico at all. We should beat them, but you could easily see us lose, freezing and losing two nil on Wednesday. It, it was interesting that both Jao Felix and Suarez scored. And I, I don't know whether you caught any of it, but Jao Felix plays this sort of 70-yard slide rule pass <laughs> through to Suarez for the Suarez goal. And it's absolutely beautiful ball. And, you know, he, he obviously went there for like a huge amount of money when Atletico thought they had money and trying to <laughs> offload him ever since. <laughs> yeah, or who knows with the counting in Spanish football. There's some interesting stuff happens. But um, a real player that hasn't really lived up to, to all of that. Uh, yeah, but is it like you know they're a throwback? They're 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 going to play four four two. They play two up front. Hector Herrera in midfield is an absolute ratter. Uh, and it's a great two. name that to say in a Mancunian accent. Hector Herrera. <laughs> <It's>, yeah, <laughs> roll the R's as well. Yeah, yeah I can't, uh, I tried. I can't do it. It's weird because I speak Hebrew and I've been I've always spoken Hebrew since I was three or four. Right, and you roll your R. Your rate is the letter is is reish. You meant to say reish, and I I can't do it. Can't do it with the and, but I can Spanish, like yeah. it's also guttural language, and so people who haven't spoken a guttural language struggle to say huh, which I can yeah. say like saying anything else because I'm used to it. 
and I've always done it, but for some reason I can't do it with the uh, old R's of Hector Herrero. I can't, I can't My do it. My older son went to a Spanish nursery. It was a dual language nursery. Uh, it was just a nice place, not anything cultural or anything like that. But uh, three years old, he could speak English and Spanish. He's lost it all. Uh, <laughs> but it was very funny. Visits from Princess Wada. Yeah, that's right. Huh. It's, some interesting stuff came out in midweek. I, I actually didn't know that, uh, and again, we're going off on a sideline, but you know, hey, whatever. I didn't know that Pep Guardiola when he was in Italy was twice tested positive. Yeah, br- uh, while he was a player, maybe I knew it and forgotten it, but um, I was kind of reminded with some chat in midweek. Um, and of course, you know, his friendship with Dr. Antes has had absolutely to do with Barcelona's success over the years at all. I mean, there'll always be that thing where I think I'm, I'm sure that in that period, players were getting pumped with stuff that they didn't know what it was. Uh, so w- when when a player fails a test, even if you say, well, you failed two tests, then we think you're doing it. That, that would be not a totally unreasonable conclusion to come to on anyone. Yep. But it is also possible that I don't want to defend Pep Guardiola, but it is possible that the players didn't, in his era, the players didn't know what was going into their bodies. Uh, some interesting commentary by someone at WADA this week, um, because obviously the news somewhat with the uh, Winter Olympics and all that, that they expect something like 30 to 40% of all elite sports people across different sports are doping in some way. <laughs> I mean, it's also because where where the lines are in this stuff is so blurred as well that there'll be people doing stuff that is that is not illegal yet not and yeah that'd be that'd be one thing and there'll be other people who are doing something that's on the wrong that's on the right side of the line but it's still it's still like with the TUEs for for asthma and all the rest of it yeah but i i always wonder about this that if you could criminalize these things i don't say that i'm not into a strong criminal justice in that way at all I just wonder that if it, I, I think that if you dope in a combat sport, yep. to me, like that should be a criminal offence because you're trying to beat someone's head in. And if you're yep. making yourself bigger, stronger, able to train for longer, for all that things. And always, the thing that always sticks in my mind though, is what David Miller, the cyclist, said when he got caught. He said, doping is like having the best day of training that you've ever had every single day. Right. Now, if you're able right. to train hard enough to make yourself strong enough, then it, like that to me, I think that should be a criminal offence. And similarly, if you fail, it doesn't, I'm not saying these people should never be even be allowed to compete again. That's not what I'm saying. Although you might also say you permanently change the physiology of your body when you do that. Yes. So no, like go and compete against other people that fail drugs tests. But if even if it feels like a kind of fraud, and I'm not looking to create criminal offences or criminalise people in my general being, but the amount of money that an opportunity that it costs people who yeah. are in sports that actually aren't that well rewarded unless you're the best and like the amount of job satisfaction the amount like how self-esteem yes general happiness in your home and it feels a bit like if you don't you're defrauding other people out of all well, of it's that. true i always thought it was strange given the litigious culture we have in in many parts of the world that that doesn't there aren't civil cases more often i mean because i guess it's it's probably hard to put a financial figure on how much you lost out when your competitors are cheating right and that's why i say that's so that if you made it criminal offense then it would be what actually like um, you're going to get sued you're going to get sued by the cps or whatever so it's not about what 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 the other the other person doesn't have to prove what they lost they have to prove what you did and if they can prove that you did it then I don't know. Like I, as I said, like it's this is really like very contrary to what I 
believe in general about stuff. Lock them away and throw away the key is what Dan but Harris if, just if we, said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hanging is too good for him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Hanging will be too good for United if they uh, don't get something out of this game on Wednesday to bring it back to the football. I, I, yeah. I can't predict what we're going to get, but I, I, I really hope United are positive in this one, just given like how many goals the back have been. It feels, been for it feels like that's one of the lessons of the last few games. Mm. That yeah. when you when they play positively they're good and the way they played against Brighton I couldn't believe what I was seeing in the first half because even if you if you let a team like Brighton have the ball a team that are happy to go backwards and sideways for as long as it takes to try and make an opportunity yeah. and they didn't make anything until that header that was an amazing save from De Gea but yeah so even forget about let's assume they don't create any chances if you let a team like that have the ball you will have very little opportunity to score any goals yourself because. Uh-huh. You're having hardly any possession and you're not getting any rhythm because you're not sustaining the attacks and just sitting off Brighton like that. Like just the shame. I was just like, shame when they were, when they were playing like that. But I know. I mean, to be honest, Brighton do that to a lot of teams. But you can't they, let them. You can't let them. You have to get in there. You have the players yeah. to get in amongst them and better players yeah. than they do. And you're above them in the league. You can't sit off Brighton and let them knock it about like that because it's not yeah. that's not how you're gonna get a result in the game, aside from aside from anything else, aside from the embarrassment of it all. And so so Atletico play completely different. I mean they, they are happy, you know, to play in a low block. They don't press up front. Suarez is not gonna be chasing anyone down. He's like nine hundred now. So I think it does it makes it will be on the front foot. And one Duke on. So who's gonna sit in front of the back four and make sure it's why I think Fred will likely play on Wednesday, and then and then two, can you take your chances when they're given up? Because there will be. If Fred does play, then surely then it's what it's going to be Pogba. Play Pogba as well. They play four four two, don't they? They do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll only have the two men in midfield. Yeah. You might. I mean, you might think. I don't know. You might think about four four two, where you play McTee and Fred, and then then you could play Bruno behind. Then you're not playing Pogba. You're playing two wingers. But yeah, if you one way of competing, playing four three three and competing in midfield, might be to play Pogba on the left. Then you've got Pogba and yeah. Sancho, who are both eight, and then you're winning the numbers in midfield. And yeah, it means you could basically leave Bruno up front. It'll be interesting to see how they tackle that. And yes, goes four four two. But you know, Lorente will get Carrasco. You know, will tuck in. So they they do create. They do get other men in midfield. So yeah, look. Tactically fascinating, but United are in, at a good moment now. In a good you know, moment. Two in, two oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There it is. So, Waited a long time to say that. Yeah, you know, United are in a good moment. I love that. We, we, we will win this tie. That's what I'm going to say. I think United will win this tie. Great. All right. <laughs> we'll we'll leave it there. I guess Harry Maguire will still be the captain despite all the number of ridiculous stories. Maguire's interview today. I haven't seen it. What did he say? Where it was just well, it was just disappointing. I mean, I want to see Maguire after a defeat. Like you don't get like the look, like the ha- the hangdog looks. You get yeah. you, it's just it's not the same. I would I, mean, I would only send Maguire out after we've lost. Like that's to me like <laughs> one of the redeeming features of United defeats is just like Maguire's interviews just lighting the tone for me. Of, of the defeat I nice. feel better after I've seen Maguire <laughs> nice. apologise and say we'll train hard in the week alright back and stay tuned patreon.com forward slash nqat pod catch you all next week 